Hello friends and welcome to Talking Transformative Love. Love is in the air. The podcast that talks vocation, love and mission. Celebrating the valiant woman that was Mary Ward. I'm Joanne Carter, your host. Before we get into this episode, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of country, all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people across Australia, paying our deepest respect to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome everyone. Today we have Sandra Perrett, an IBVM sister who has been in the Institute for about 35 years. Sandra, welcome to our little uh, place here in in Abbotsford. Thank uh, you. Making the time for us. And I I just learned that if you want to say Sandra is teacher by trade, you can say... She pushes chalk. (laughs) That's it. Pushes chalk for a living. And I love that. I've never heard that before. Oh, haven't you? No. But you can't say it anymore because there's very little chalk in the classroom. Yes. But you can say pushes... um, Texter for a living. Anyway, welcome. Thank you. Um, the way I see you, Sandra, is you are a teacher, that's right, but you are a very creative person. Uh, I've worked with you a little bit um, in the past. I helped you a little bit, a little bit on a, t- a tiny scale uh, with the PC that happened a few months ago. And I really enjoyed working with you because. You have this really calm way of doing things, but it felt like you knew what was going to happen. You knew what was going to unfold, but you were so calm in the midst of some chaos (laughs) that we probably all felt. And the way I, I look at you is you're a big picture thinker person, big picture person. Uh, You, you have this vision and I feel that, the more we come to know that vision, the better off we're all going to be. Um, but I suppose that this vision has started somehow in your childhood, maybe. What I want to ask you is the belief system or spirituality or the vision that shaped your childhood. And has that changed now um, or has it been developed because of your experiences? Well, all of that, yes. Yeah. Um, because you see, when I was... When I was born, um, my father had been, had been, his family had been Catholic, but they didn't have the money to have him baptized. So he became a Presbyterian. (laughs) So that Catholic arm of the family stopped for for him. My mother was an Anglican and, but neither of them did anything. My mother used to say that dad stopped her from going, you know, was the reason she no longer went to church. Yeah. But anyway, the long and the short of it is that they bundled us off to Sunday school, all four of us. Yeah. And I took it seriously. I was the only one <laughs> out of the four who took it seriously, <laughs> very seriously, such that when I was 13, I went to a Billy Graham crusade. <laughs> so this is 1959. Well, you might laugh. And I gave my life to Jesus. Oh, wow. <laughs> as you did and as I continue to do. And I... In different ways now, obviously. Well, in different ways, yeah. yes. And that was Sydney Diocese, which was incredibly low church, fundamental, evangelical. And I think I was probably a goody two-shoes as I look back on yeah. it. Um, but then when I went to um, Perth 
to, te to start teaching again. I had a break and I did church youth work and I ran a university college and then I went back to teaching and finally landed at John 23rd College and I realised there they were practising what I think I could understand was missing in my life. Mm. And that was um, a sense of God being very generous, very big and not confined yeah. by my Sydney diocese upbringing teaching. Yeah, yeah. And so I, you know, I went home and told, told my parents that I was going to become a Catholic. And my mother said, you've been seduced by the nuns. <laughs> don't ever come home and tell me you're going to become a nun. And I said, oh, don't be so stupid. Of I course I never do mother. that. Why would I do that? And two years later, <laughs> when I went home and said, I'm going to become a nun, my mother said, why did it take you so long? And my dad said, whatever makes you happy, darling. <laughs> so it was that sort Daddy's of... Daddy's girl. Daddy's girl. But... Um, now, the Catholic Church in those days wasn't like the Catholic Church has become. Yes. It mm. was post-Vatican II. It was vibrant. It was questioning. It was open to possibility. And I fitted really well. So as a person who stood up and gave their life to Jesus, um, tell me about where do you find Jesus now in your life? Basically, I think in other people of any and no faith. Mm. And I think that's where I've broadened out to understand and to appreciate that um, the message of the gospel and the, um, the desire of um, Jesus to be um, oh, no, the teachings of Jesus to be central to in goodwill, in relationships, in, in everything that is positive and progressive and peaceful and all those other words. That's where I find Jesus. Now, other people wouldn't name it as Jesus, those things, yeah. but I do. And yes. I wouldn't proselytise them or try to evangelise <laughs> them or hit them over the head like Isn't Billy Graham might Isn't that what you do in Abbotsford, evangelise? No, yes. it's not what you do. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. But I think I, I really try to see where um, the beauty of goodness and the beauty of yeah. love is evidence. Mm. And with the in terms of your vocation with the IBVM, what does that word vocation mean to you, first of all, before, you, you know? Well, I, I'd probably give the standard answer, you know, it's a calling, it's a way of life. Yes. Then I'd try and personalise it, I think, and I'd say that it is the way in which I believe I've responded to the gifts that I've been given mm. in order to make the best shot in this messy uncontrollable world that we're yes. living in yeah yes and why the ibvm way well you know it's interesting because i just went to john 23rd college there in perth to teach and um i was tipped off about the advertisement for the position by two anglican women who were on the staff <laughs> there one the the wife of the bishop and oh. one the wife of the archdeacon of Fremantle, which is quite hysterical when you think about it that's how ecumenical the whole thing became yeah. but 
But um, when I became, after I became a Catholic, I moved to Melbourne to, to see, you know, whether I could be a postulant and all that sort of business. And I went off for an interview with the Mercies um, because this spiritual director that I had at the time said, you really need to check other orders and not just stay with the Mary Ward sisters. So I did. <laughs> and when I got into this interview with the Mercies, um, she said to me, Madeline Duckett it was, she's still around running retreats. She said to me, get out of here. She said, you're no more a mercy than the crow in the tree. <laughs> she said, you're a Loretto through and through. And I, Oh, what does that mean? A well, I think it meant that I was pretty bold yeah. and that I was um, pushing the boundaries and that I was asking questions and that... W yeah. Would you say that's the... Would you say that's Mary Ward? No, I'm talking about 1984 too. Okay, so it was a bit a, of a different Yeah, but different that's, this, that's kind of the... Do you feel that that's the legacy that of Mary Ward. We're, we're drawn to? Because I, that's what yeah. I love about the Mary yeah. Ward story. story is the, the bold, the courageous, the, yeah. the yeah. boundary-breaking. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, 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 what do you call it, the movers and shakers. That's right. And I think she, she saw possibilities, she saw needs, and she responded to them. And it and it wasn't according to the cost to herself. No. It was according to how the spirit moved within her. Yes. And and I I love that. But it you can only ever do it in relationship. I keep on coming back to this mm. and and Gonzaga Barry is exactly the same. You know, she she never she was they those women never acted or lived on their own. They were self-contained women, yes, but they were always in consultation and collaboration yeah. with their circle of friends, their yeah. colleagues. And that's what mm. was so delicious about them and so so much wanting to be um, part of. Yeah, That's why I wanted to be part of this outfit, I think. Yeah, yeah. So um, what would then be the Mary Ward, oh, well, sorry, I'll rephrase that. What would then Mary Ward want us to do now? Well, I think she would want us to be inserted in the mess. Yes. And bringing questions to the mess mm. and bringing possibilities that the uh, mess can be less messy mm. and um, and that you can find glimmers of hope. And, and I love that Thomas Merton quote that within each one of us, and it's not to do with your faith or your religion or anything like that, but within each one of us is the spark of the divine. And when you put all those sparks together, you yeah. create this huge Something, yeah. fire. And, mm. and I think for me, it's somehow connecting with with folks who are out there, you know, the people, the yes. people of God. Yeah. And I don't care whether they're Catholic or not, basically. No. And I don't mind what religion they are, what um, denomination they are, what gender they are, what state of commitment to the other they're yes. in. Mm. They are God's creatures and, yeah, 
Yeah. I, just, I just want to try and put aside prejudice and um, angst and yeah. get on with it. And would you say that um, Pope Francis is really working towards uh, that vision? Because I know that you were um, you attended a Pope Francis general audience. What do you mean I shook his hand? You I should, did oh, wow. indeed. Yeah. So you didn't just attend, you were up close and personal. Well, I went to one of those yeah, morning masses with him and two yeah, of us were wow. allowed to go from the team. And at the end of that, you line up and you shake his hand and have your photo taken. So uh, <laughs> tell me so, tell me about all that, because I love Pope Francis yes, and I want to know yeah. what that was like. Well, it was wonderful because we, it was our second year in, a second last year in Rome in leadership. And we, um, we were sitting watching for the white smoke to appear in the square at St. Peter's. And um, when it did appear, the square was full of people. It was raining. Yeah, wow. And the umbrellas went up into the sky almost. And people were cheering, not because they knew who the Pope was, but because they they were glad that the white smoke had come. Yeah, it was a few days, yeah, I was. think, mm. that they were waiting. And I can remember we were all, the team there in Rome, we were all sitting in the um, Salone watching this television. Um, and out came this man and you knew immediately that it was different because, mm. you know, he had that little white zucchetto on his yeah. head. He didn't have all the um, pomp and ceremony of all the drapery and yes. the brocade and, and whatever. And the first thing that he said to this assembled mob was, Buona sera. Now, yeah. no, no Pope seems to be able to speak like that no. just say to the people good <laughs> evening and then of course you know he asked people to pray for yeah. him while he mm. bowed his head so right from day one the right from the first hour the tables were turned yes and people knew that he was going to be um, a different sort of a, yes. a pope. and they say that by taking the name francis he that he made a statement. He made a statement. And the statement was, this church needs reforming and the Spirit has put her hands on me yeah. to go ahead and do it. And something about um, Church of the Poor, we've yeah. heard phrases like yeah. um, a field hospital, mm, church is, is, right. is for the wounded. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was, I was listening to someone the other day um, that said uh, theology at the margins. Mm. And I suppose, uh, do, would you say then your life, uh, well, your vocation in the Institute has been very much about um, a theology in the margins or at the margins? I think that's right. If theology is understanding God and trying to make sense of God's mm. movement within humanity and within creation, yeah, that we hear best when we are outside our comfort zone. Yes. Yeah. Because we're sitting on the edge of our seat, our bums are prickling with, yeah. you know, God, what comes <laughs> next? Mm. And where is God inviting me to make a response here? Yes, yeah. And and you did some work in Mount Druitt in I Sydney. I did, yes. Um, oh, that I was still there. Yeah, well, it's, it's a... 
what I find interesting about that is, I don't know if you did or not, but there are a lot of Iraqi communities in Mount Druitt, uh -huh. you know, a lot of refugees. Yeah. Uh, and that's my kind of interest yeah. in, in Mount Druitt. Yeah. But that's really going to the margins, isn't it? Well, it is. But you see here in Abbotsford, um, across the road, it would take you two minutes to walk there from here, is the Collingwood Estate, yes. social housing. Now, I, I tutor children out of that housing yeah. estate. And um, one is Ethiopian and one is Aboriginal. So um, you can get anybody and anything right here. So yeah. this is Mount Druitt extended, but it's only if you look for it. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Because I live in lovely Veer Street opposite a park in a beautiful house that we rent. And that could be the beginning and the end of every day for me. If, yeah. I, if I didn't yes. choose to go and make my way into the other parts yeah, absolutely. Of, of our yeah. world. Um, so I do think it's doing a Pope Francis. It's going to wash the feet, symbolically for me, wash the feet of the, um, yeah, it's being out there amongst it. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, um, your experience in Rome, in the general leadership. council, mm, general is that council? right? Or, yeah. or general leadership. Yeah. Um, you did that for eight years in Rome and Correct. I... I have heard that you've had beautiful uh, ice cream and a lot of gelato <laughs> and and I yes. that's that's I think that's you, what you pretty much said about that experience. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you know what we found this a gelateria near the Pantheon that sold over one hundred flavors of gelato. And what did you go for vanilla? <laughs> Often, yes. Of no. course. No, we tried different ones every time you could have three scoops and we usually had three scoops. What's your favourite flavour? Well, now it's salted caramel yeah. with macadamia. Oh, yeah. I don't think that was around eight years ago in Rome. No. I think but that's but a, in all a new thing. gelato aside, I know that gelato is the iconic thing. What was that experience in working? Um, we, we had a conversation with Mary right before you came along mm. and – Mary Wright obviously spoke about her experience in Rome for eight years and what that was like and mm. uh, working with um, different, uh, working with a team of different cultures. Yeah. What were, I guess, what were the highlights and what were the challenges and struggles? Mm. Well, the highlights were being out with the members in the provinces. Mm. So traveling all the time. I think we probably only spent half our time in Rome in the, or a third and the rest of the time was traveling out yeah. to places. And that certainly was fantastic because you're really out there where the action yeah. was happening. And the challenge, you know, is not to bring a Western mindset to everything. That's And that continues yeah. yes. to be the challenge, is to try and put on some glasses that allow you to see a little bit differently and mm and to walk in the shoes of other people, really, you know, yeah. just to sort of get onto their wavelength. Mm. And I think that's hugely difficult for an old grey-haired Western lady. Well, I think that it's, culture is, is will always be one of the biggest challenges because it stretches us mm. and it 
uh, it actually um, demands of us to move beyond ourselves. Yeah, and our stereotype. Yeah, and and just what you were saying about living in Abbotsford, and you could get used to this comfort uh, zone. Yeah. But I think we, I mean, I think that we're constantly reminded that our lives are lives of service. Mm. Uh, and, and we don't use that word service anymore. I, I find, we need to. Yeah, and I find that it's kind of found its way out of mm. uh, church language. And mm. I don't know why. And for me, it's it's become uh, really prominent because I went on this uh, 30-day silent retreat. And the, the word that actually surfaced throughout that experience was, was service. Mm. Mm. You know, the the... You see, I think it got bad press because some, somewhat because of the women's movement, the Me Too mm. movement, and the um, "Don't you use me as a doormat" yeah, type of yeah. stuff. Whereas service is not about that. In, no. If it's done mutually. Yes. You see, if you impose on someone else, that's not service. But if you negotiate, collaborate, and make sure that there is equal opportunity and representation in relationship, yeah. mm. then you can be of service. So would you then say the the washing of the feet, yeah. or Jesus washing the feet of the disciples, yeah. is, is that the kind of servant leadership that we're called to? Yes, because I think that removes the barriers of age and status and gender and all those other categories that can get in the way. Mm. So I, I'm only comfortable around A, B and C. But yes. to say I'm going to really stretch myself and see God in X, Y and Z. Yes. And, mm. um, yeah, that for me is what service is about and I think if the word has gone from our language in religious life, then that's a very sad thing. Yeah, yeah. And in terms of um, our theme for Vocations Week, transformative love, I'm going to tie in that, that the what we aim to hope out of that theme, um, transformative love and Mary Ward's words on vocation, let your vocation be constant, efficacious and affectionate. How do those two, I guess, worlds come together? Or how do those two concepts, do you think, come together? I think on her deathbed, um, she was, when she said that, I think she was talking about, she was asking them, perhaps even begging them, to stay in touch with reality, mm. with the signs of the times. Yeah. And on the other, to be in touch with the movements and the invitations of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So don't... So be um, balanced in your approach. Be real about what's happening around you, but also be hopeful about what the Spirit can bring and yes. what her gifts are. I think that constancy word is about the attention that you give to those moments of the day and it's making that examination of conscience yes. or consciousness mm. or whatever, however you want to call it, at the end of each day. How did I respond? Yeah. What is the invitation there? What can I do about it if I stuffed up? Yes. Mm. So I think that's what the constant bit is about. I think efficacious. I don't know. We don't. I don't use that word very much anymore. But I think, for me, it's about being effective. Yeah. yeah. And it's about being effective because I'm in touch with reality, and I'm listening to yes. where the spirit mm. is inviting me. 
And I think affectionate is an absolutely beautiful word that holds much more intimacy, I think, than the word love. Um, because yeah. affectionate mm. isn't, to be affectionate is, um, I don't know, I can't explain it, but it does seem to me that um, to be in relationship with God and with others, with creation, mm. is uh, in an affectionate way, is to always have eyes that are open to the goodness yeah, yeah. of God. That's beautiful. And at the moment, Sandra, you are involved in, I'm just going to say the Gonzaga Berry Project, <laughs> but, but you can explain to us what you're doing, um, why it's important. Well, in 2025, it'll be 150 years since Gonzaga Barry arrived in Australia with her nine companions. And so we are, we being, I don't know who, but who, the, the province. The people who have been missioned to do this. Well, I've been missioned, but yes. that's about all at this stage. Yeah. I've got a group that I'm working with on yes. Zoom. But it's how, not only how do we celebrate the life of this valiant woman um, who stopped being, almost stopped being Irish the minute she got here yes. and started mm. being Australian, yeah. um, much to her credit now benefit. But how do we take her vision, her enthusiasm, the graces that she received, how do we take them forward in a new way? post 2025 yes mm. and we're having some absolutely fabulous conversations with lots of energy and lots of ideas so that in 2025 we will have beautiful celebration that has that nice edge to it yeah that says I can't well, wait what are we going to do from here I on i think in? it'll be amazing I think we're it buying will be tickets <laughs> to what? Uh, there's Jen, the, there's no who's recording us at the moment. Uh, Jen and I have already purchased tickets and we're coming. Yeah, the latest quest. <laughs> Is there going to be, be a concert in the mud? No, concert <laughs> in the mud. Here we come, Byron. <laughs> yes. Sandra, you've been amazing. Thank you for, thank you, thank you for, thank you, I guess, giving us um, an insight into your world of beautiful vision. I'm always inspired by you. So thank you for being the fearless leader that you are. Oh, thank you.